Welcome to the Holistic University Podcast, featuring your well-being coaches, Allison and Elena. Welcome back to Holistic University. I'm one of your co-hosts, Elena. (laughs) And I'm Allie. Sorry to interrupt you. (laughs) We're not used to this. We haven't recorded together in a while, right? I know. It's been a very long time. It's been such a long time. How's it going? It's March. Wow. Don't even say that. I can't believe it's March already. Oh my gosh. The semester's flying by. And I know when we get back from spring break, it's just going to fly even quicker. (laughs) It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Literally like blank and it's like done. (laughs) So we haven't recorded since January. Do you have any updates? Any updates? Um, I am not really. I'm I'm, uh, currently helping to illustrate a children's book. Nice. Um, for the Fair grant at the university. Oh. So that's very exciting. And we're going to um, give nutrition education this summer. So that's Aww. what's new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's about it. What about you, Elena? What's new? I got into grad school. February was an interesting month. I got Woo-hoo! into grad school. I got my grad school paid for. Thank you, Campus mm, we Rec. We love that. I have a grad assistantship with Campus Rec. Um, funny enough, in one of our previous episodes... I w- we were talking about Valentine's Day, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like, but, like, guys, when we recorded that episode when it was, like, around Valentine's Day, it was January mm-hmm. when we were recording PSA. Yeah. Um, I yeah, know. we recorded way earlier yeah. than we actually Yeah, and I, and I said, like, watch, I was like, watch me, like, get into a relationship after, like, we record <laughs> this episode, and then I did. Um, and then I got... Funny how that works out. Yeah, and then I... <laughs> last minute spur of the moment after getting an email from the assistant dean of health sciences um applied to be the commencement speaker for the college of health sciences graduation shut up no you didn't no you didn't do you know i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but she emailed me saying that faculty and staff were highly talking about me and curious why my name wasn't (gasps) in there so i wrote a speech in 24 hours (laughs) stop it Oh my god, that's awesome! I have no idea what's going to happen, so we shall see. It's okay. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of life. It's all good. <laughs> but we don't. I don't want to keep our guest speaker waiting any longer. So, trigger warning mm-hmm. before we dive in. We're going to be talking about the reality of what happens on or off campus in our world involving involving sexual assault, date rape, drugs, and just the point of this episode is for you guys to feel safe about. There are resources here to protect you in case sadly anything happens when you're on campus or off campus. And we're very, very fortunate to have somebody from the URI standards with us. We're going to be interviewing her, asking her some questions. And without further ado, let's introduce our guest speaker. Hello, Alex. Hello. How are you? How are you? Oh, you beat me to the punch. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Good. Can you give our listeners a little introduction about yourself, where you're from, your year, major? So I'm Alexa, and I'm actually, or I, and I go by Alex. I'm actually here from Rhode Island, um, and I am a criminal justice major. I'm a junior, so I'm going to be hopefully graduating next year. <laughs> nice criminal justice. That's so interesting. That's awesome. Thank you. Is it like FBI stuff, or is it like <laughs> I, you know, I'm it has a variety of things. Like, I. Like, you can go into the FBI, or you can become a police officer, or you can go into, like, criminology, which is, like, the research aspect of it. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. What got you into that? Um, So, I've always been, like, interested in, like, crime stuff since I was, like, 
13, I watched like Criminal Minds and um, TSI Files, anything. (laughs) Wow, that's so cool. I always find it so interesting, criminal justice majors, because I'm like, do you like, are you like living the shows like SVU and like Criminal Minds? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) I I interned with the police department right now, but I think that's as close as I get to living that life. Nice. Wow. So our first question for you is just, what are the URI standards and what are some of the topics you teach students or educate? So the URI standards are um, a group of uh, students that um, teach uh, violence prevention on campus. And we do a lot of presentations for athletes and Greek life about consent and what does consent look like and um, topics on those. And we also teach a class for people who aren't in that, who want to learn more about stuff we give presentations about, which we do like um, domestic violence, um, child abuse, uh, stalking, stuff really under that like umbrella of violence prevention. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So we provide like a lot of um, education and outreach to students at URI, especially um, to um, groups that, you know, like sports teams and Greek life. Wow. Yeah, I remember because I'm in Greek life, I remember the presentations, but it's been so long because of COVID that I forgot that we had them. So thank you. Oh, yeah, it's been hard with COVID. Very hard. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So um, I guess our next question is, um, what, in your opinion, is the percent of uh, sexual assault or uh, date drugging cases that gets reported when you compare that to the number of cases that are not reported? So I think that's like kind of a difficult question because we find um, like more often than not people drink when it leads to sexual assault, like, obviously, that's, like, not an excuse, but we find it, it's really, like, in party settings with, like, someone the victim knows and is comfortable with, so, like, obviously, you know, they think, like, oh, I can drink with them, but from, like, the statistics point of view, it's probably around, like, 50% of cases find that either some type of drug was used or alcohol was used, which is really common, that we find, um, you know, people drink when they go to parties and stuff like that, so it's really not uncommon. Wow. Oh, wow. 50%. That's that, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, also, what's the difference in prevalence of cases reported by girls versus boys versus gender neutral? How can we address gender gaps in sexual assault? So including people who are identify as female, male, or that are in the LGBTQ plus community, what are kind of like the differences we're seeing? So what we're seeing is that obviously a lot, we see a lot more girls reporting to, for the victims that do report, and we see less of uh, guys reporting because of the way media views it and the way that we are like trained as a society to view sexual assault as a woman's issue. And we find that like a lot of men that report don't really feel comfortable reporting because they think what they think like oh my God, I'm a man, I should have liked it, or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really supposed That's to huge. talk about it, or that I shouldn't have feelings on it, So, which is really hard because, you know, sexual assault affects everybody from any body community. It, you know, it's not prevalent to, like, you know, a 20-year-old white girl from URI. 
So we, we really push for education that, you know, it can happen to anyone, unfortunately, and it's okay for you to come forward, even if you don't fit that image. Definitely. Wow. I think the big factor, if you said, of like men feeling like they have to feel pressured to like it. Um, we had, a, yeah. I remember in a previous episode or conversation, we talked about like the toxic masculinity of men feeling like they can't mm-hmm. open up. So especially in those scenarios, yeah, definitely they feel pressured to feel like, oh, like, I can't report it because I was supposed to like it. And then even the girl feeling pressured of like, oh, we're supposed to be the victim. But then it's like we could also be the one that's causing the act. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, we, you know, forget. as a society, we unfortunately like cultivated a culture that, you know, says men aren't victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really sad that uh, that's still almost taboo today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you feel that students at URI are aware and take advantage of the services provided, such as URI standards and the Gender and Sexuality Center, and that you guys are here to support them? I think we do a lot more better than other universities. You know, a lot of athletes that we give presentations to go on to take the classes. Like the one I'm TAing right now is C- CSV 302. And I see a lot of athletes in there. So I think the education we do provide allows students to really seek further assistances, you know, but I think we do a really good job uh, as students trying to educate ourselves on this. You know, I see a lot of people wanting to get involved and wanting to be interns. Yeah, that's wonderful. I agree. I friends from other universities like they don't even they're they would say like oh like the bystander programs exist or like these resources exist but they don't go out of their way to educate the students and make sure the feels the students feel safe on their campus so mm-hmm. that's really great yeah so yeah i think we do a really good job thankfully keith labelle who like runs the program does really make sure that he wants every student to know about this program and really wants to get them educated because you know the more we're educated the safer we are to identify things like sexual assault and stuff like that when it's happening definitely so sadly again and we're talking about horrible experiences that people have gone through such as sexual assault domestic violence and being using the use of date rate drugs if you were Mm -hmm. to give advice to a person that has experienced any any one of these acts and they're afraid to open out and seek help what is something to ensure them that things are going to be okay and that seeking help is there for them Yeah, so I find it best is when you give resources and you're just there for the victim. Um, You you know, you don't want to be like the hero, I would say, and be like, I'm going to beat the, you know, I'm going to beat this guy up or, you know, you should go to the police or, you know, it's best to to just listen to what they want, better to let them speak. Um, But I would say, you know, I'm so sorry what you've been through. We can get through this. Is there anything I can do? i I find it's best to just listen to what they want to say because they often like want to, they want to do what they want to do. You know, you don't want to, or if that makes sense, you don't want to force them into anything. So I would just say like, I would give them resources and do what makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. And spin off of that question, let's say that you're a friend and you were kind of witnessing what happened at a party. So let's say the scenario comes up of you see your roommate go into a room with somebody and you know that they're under the influence, they seemed a little loopy, and you think they could have been drugged. What do you kind of do in that situation? Because in our society, we feel pressured to help, but then at the same time, we feel pressured to 
oh, like, you're going to be a buzzkill or you're going to be a party pooper or other terms involving kind of, like, separating yeah. two people away. You know, sorry to pay off. No, um, you're good. This is what the bystander program is all about, is really trying um, to, when you see something happen, do something about it. So we use the three Ds, delegate, distract, and direct. So you can use any of them, delegate. You can ask someone, oh, I don't feel comfortable going over there and breaking up. Can you do it? Or finding someone more of authority. Or you can distract. You can go to the person who is um, talking to your friend that you don't think she is coherent enough to talk to. And you can be like, hey, dude, are you in my class? Try to distract him. And Or you can directly break up the situation. You can get in between them and be like, hey, my friend needs to go. She's obviously not sober. I just really need to take her home to sober up. I'm, you know, really concerned about her. And the more people do that is the way to prevent sexual assault is, you know, in my opinion, is the best way because, you know, you can stop something um, bad from happening. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, that wasn't a question on our list. <laughs> but <laughs> No problem, no problem. But I remember yeah. I remember the 3Ds from our Greek life um, yeah. seminar and whatnot, and I wanted the listeners to make sure we hit that point, too, after I asked that question. So. Oh, no, I, I fully agree. It's something that we, like, preach to students. It's because, I, you know, it's the most effective way because, you know, you see them at a party, at Bondview, you know, you want to make sure of that. Yeah. People know how to do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, right before we move on to our next question, um, I actually was like almost part of a situation very similar to that at my previous university where I was at a party <laughs> and there are some girls, they weren't my friends. I didn't know who they were, but they yeah. were like looking around. They're like, oh my God, she's in there with him. Like she didn't, she like is under the influence. She doesn't know what's going on. Like, and they were freaked out that this guy like took her into a room. And so, we all kind of start like knocking on the door, trying to open it and be loud. And then we went and got the boys who were the owners of the house and they really like knocked and banged. And then they like opened the door, thankfully. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know what was going on, but I know know, especially enough for uh, those girls to come to us and my friend group. And then we we went and got the boys and then the boys handled it well. So. You know, it's better to be safe than sorry. You know, I, I'm sure the girl was like, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would have been like, are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. that's the stuff we really want to happen because, you know, you could have saved someone that night. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know the outcome, but mm-hmm. it's really uh, great that people. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that they did end up coming out of the room, but whether mm-hmm. or not anything had happened before that or mm-hmm. if we intervened, like, right before anything happened I don't know it seemed to have subdued and everything seemed to be fine on both that guy and that girl's end when they came mm-hmm. out of the room so maybe or maybe it was her friends just wanting to be cautious we don't know but never I mean never sorry and safe right yeah. yes <laughs> so moving on uh what are some tips or strategies that you would provide students uh whether that is a boy or a girl or gender neutral uh to feel safe when stepping off campus into an environment when these things can happen? So I would say um, go out with like a group of friends that you trust. You know, of course you want to drink responsibly, but you know, unfortunately there's like nothing I can say or do that's going to be like, if you do these things, you won't, you won't have this bad thing to happen to you. And, you know, I wish I could, but you know, the best advice I could offer is go out with a group of friends you trust, make sure you have a phone, um, 
that's you know that's pretty much all the advice I can offer unfortunately because um the only way really to prevent sexual assault is education and to educate the people who are committing it because they are the people who cause rape and sexual assault so yeah I wish I could offer something better no you're good and it's hard because it's like again probably from social media and just like women being put always as the victim like you learn at like a very young age like I remember learning this when I was like probably 10 of like you always like have something in your hand you never go home alone you have like my mom handed me pepper spray when I was 14 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think there's like you know big issues with saying that to women because you know you know more than 80 percent of rapes that happen is acquaintance rape or someone the victim knows someone they're feeling comfortable with Mm-hmm. Someone they, you know, probably wanted to make out, but they didn't want to go that far. And, you know, which is completely okay. You're allowed to say no at any time. So telling women, oh, if you walk closer to lights when you're going out at night, or if you carry this pepper spray, or you take self-defense, you know, it really only helps with like 13% of sexual assaults that happen. Most of them wow. are people the victim knows, so. You know, it's a really big issue, which is why we push for education so that, you know, because a lot of the time victims feel like they couldn't say no to their friend who they were previously into or they couldn't report because it was the guy that they were really into. So they don't think anybody would believe them. So that's so challenging. And speaking, it is. And speaking about consent, which you touched upon for a second, can you define what the gray zone of consent is? I was researching before um, we had this interview and they were mentioning something called kind of the gray zone and how apparently it's not black and white. Um, So in our society, the definition of consent affecting our safety in terms of feeling pressured, feeling scared to go out or feeling that we can't say no, whether that be women, male, LGBTQ plus. Yeah. So a lot of the time people ask like, what's the gray area of consent? And, you know, I say, you know, I feel like there is no gray area because, you know, second degree sexual assault is groping so any any place that you don't want to be touched and they're trying to sexually touch you is second degree sexual assault and a lot of people don't know that so if it gets past that point then you could say i was assaulted but you know oftentimes when you're having sex with someone sorry to be blunt you know you don't have to have verbal consent but they should be participating you know you want you they should be like giving you like touching you back or giving you okays or anything to that degree they shouldn't just be laying there or they shouldn't be unresponsive because then that's a you know why aren't they participating it should stop it and give you pause so in my opinion I feel like there is no really gray area because if they're touching you don't want to be touched second degree if they're not participating then you should stop you could be raping them yeah they should be excited and then what about in cases where, say, either a girl or a guy, they seem excited, but they're just so absolutely, like, I mean, for lack of better words, drunk, that even though they mm-hmm. seem excited, it still may not be appropriate. Can you touch on that? Yeah, so um, under the definition of legal consent, your partner shouldn't be incoherent or they shouldn't be passed out. So if you are... Um, having sex with a drunk person, they legally cannot give you consent because they're incoherent. So, like, just like they couldn't drink and drive, they couldn't, like, give you consent. So, but 
you know, one person shouldn't be way more drunker than the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, they, like, they probably had a plan if they're getting to that point, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, so uh, a lot of people hear about uh, bystander intervention and its importance, um, but in the moment, you don't really see too many people taking action in situations where individuals need help. And how can you uh, get people to understand the importance of taking action and uh, making them take action to help others? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the best thing to do that is education. You know, it also goes back to education, in my opinion, Um, because we live in this world where it's like, oh, I won't do it because I think somebody else is going to do it. Oh, somebody else is probably going to get involved. They see it, too. When really, like, we encourage everyone, like, doesn't matter if someone else is getting involved, you should get involved, too, because you don't know if that person's going to get involved. Like you said, when you um, were at that party and you knocked Mm -hmm. on the door, you know, we really encourage people to do stuff like that. You know, they partake in the three Ds because Mm -hmm. that is one of the ways you can prevent sexual assault. So we really, like, push education on it to like tell people like it's okay to get involved we want you to get involved other people want you to get involved Mm -hmm. thank you so there's always changes coming to like uri and everything but if you Mm -hmm. had the opportunity and kind of the power quotation marks to say Mm -hmm. what changes or other implementations would you make to uri to advance the URI standards program, advance the bystander interventions programs to make students feel more safe. We're very fortunate that we're already doing such a great job, but if you had Mm -hmm. the ability to, what other additions would you make? Yeah, so I would um, make um, the class that we teach mandatory. Um, A lot of the people that um, come in don't know a lot about sexual assault and they leave and they leave with like a, a lot of knowledge you know, they always say, like, I'm so glad I took this um, class. I had no idea that groping or inappropriate touching was second-degree assault. Like, if a guy brushes your boob at a party, obviously, that could be deemed as um, second-degree. And I feel, you know, do more of in-depth training at orientation. We're, you know, we're already trying to do that. But I think that would help for freshmen because, unfortunately – Freshman is one of the unsafest times for women. You know, we it's called the red zone because um, girls are trying to fit in. They're trying to find their roots. So, you know, unfortunately, predators see them as a target. You know, it's not anything the girls do. It's just, unfortunately, because you're so new to university and you have no friends. So if, I feel like if we can present to them at, orientation that would help a little bit and require freshmen to take the class as well yeah people don't realize too that like i mean that i was kind of a special case but i went into college at age 17 i didn't i was not an adult so people don't realize how close 18 is to still being a minor you know what i mean yeah then um you can have like older grades that are trying to make younger girls feel cool and feel like they're included and um yeah definitely may not always be the case you know it definitely can lead to being taken advantage of yes which is exactly why we want to like you know implement the classes for freshmen or um, do a more in-depth presentation i feel like that would help a lot because by the time 
people take art class, usually like juniors, seniors, because it's like a 300 level class. Um, but it would be, you know, amazing if we could teach it to freshmen. Yeah. Also, <laughs> listeners, again, there's just general tips about safety and feeling safe on our campus. There's the blue towers all throughout campus that are there for your safety. There's URI EMS. They tell us to put it as a primary contact immediately yeah. during orientation. Um, but thank you so much for being here. And Allie, thank you for sharing your story. This episode is probably really hard to listen to listeners. It was even hard for me to go through this too. But mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being on because to save one person from having being in the act of domestic violence or being assaulted is we just want our listeners to be safe. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we always want to say to people like you can come to us because we'll believe you and we'll take care of you and we'll provide you with the resources that you need. You know, a lot of um, people on campus have no idea of the resources that they have in place for victims so I think it's really important that you guys do podcasts like this. So, you know, I'm extremely grateful you guys are doing this. Of course. Thank, thank you, you. This is very informative. Yeah. This is definitely going to uh, touch some of our audience members and um, inspire them. So. Thank you so much again. And thank you, listeners. Happy Monday, Tuesday, or whatever day of the week it is. And we <laughs> shall see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.